who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello, Duck Hunt, and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. My name is Chris Tilley, and this week I'm joined by Gav. Hello. And Rory. Duck Hunt. Why are you making that face when you say our name? Just unsure. Gav. Unsure. Rory. Um, and we are here to uh, entertain you with uh, an interview with Jurassic World director Colin Trevorrow. Yeah. But before we get to that, we're going to talk about Fallout 4. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's happened in the Fallout world this week, guys? Well, they revealed the new trailer. So there was this giant sort of countdown thing going on on Bethesda's site. And it went live a little bit early. It was meant to go live at three o'clock on Wednesday. Yeah. And we managed to get onto the site and have some screenshots and yeah. things like that. Just just confirming that it was Fallout 4. A couple of people were yeah, worried. Yeah, I guess it could have been everything. Like a collector's yeah. edition, you know, of all the yeah, past yeah, yeah. things. So we managed to get that out uh, a little bit before the announcement. But then, obviously, so as soon as they it. saw this, they like locked everything they did down. Spoil it. I guess you know, someone pressed the on switch before they were meant to. I suppose, which happens quite a lot. It just ha- literally just happened with uh, the Uncharted collection yeah, as well, yeah. which is meant to be announced today, apparently. But someone put that live. I on guess the if store. you have so many things going out at one time, it must be hard. Like it must be easy for one to just like slip through. Really? Maybe no. that's maybe that's on PlayStation that it went live on the store, yeah, not yeah, actually yeah. on. Uh, you know the game developers or whoever yeah. it should just be marketing. one person who's quite responsible given <laughs> the button yeah rather than I think you, you need like you know we have two yeah. keys and you turn them and then that <laughs> yeah. opens the switch War and you just press style. it exactly yeah, yeah that would be amazing but they put it they put it up a bit early so basically there was this giant screenshot which was really really cool it showed like sort of the power armor showed the dog as well so yeah. the dog's going to be a really big part of it um, so in a couple of the Fallout games you have a little companion by the side of you which would be dog really meat. really good um, that sounds yeah. mean but that's his name that's his name yeah. I'm not just being Luke seemed confused about the dog yesterday did, I don't yeah. think Luke plays, plays games that's yeah, why <laughs> he goes uh, at one point I think what's the stupidest thing he said so not just the dog thing but he said um, so we managed to uncover the power armor which is such a massive thing in Fallout yeah. and he was like what is this is this an android is that, or is that a, a, robot is that a robot or something like, he's oh. writing the story <laughs> maybe, like, is that a robot guys maybe he just doesn't play Fallout <laughs> yeah so this is big news it is really Huge. big news yeah, yeah. Very like, the internet went nuts yes yeah yeah um 
Are you guys excited? Really excited. Like, Fallout 3 is one of my favourite games. Like, I wasn't a massive fan of New Vegas because it was just really, really buggy. Yeah, I think that's um, the general consensus. Mm. But, uh, yeah, Fallout 3 is really good. Like, it draws on, you know, amazing stuff. If you feel really into, like, post-apocalyptic uh, like world there's nothing better really and mm. it does like a really really good cast as well like Liam Neeson's in Fallout 3 does really really well like really good he voices your dad in Fallout oh, 3 that'd be nice soothing um, Liam yeah. Neeson yeah although he's, he's not in it very long but uh, okay it's great Spoiler game alert. but yeah they're <laughs> giant giant games as well yeah. and I think like we've just been waiting for something like properly next gen that's this big except for The Witcher which has just come out uh, which I'm not a massive fan of because I don't like like fantasy and stuff like that whereas this is set do you not like Skyrim? No. no, not really. I'm not a massive fan of like fancy games like that. I'd rather it be set in. I'm about to say set in the real world, but obviously this isn't set. In well, I agree with you. So, I think so, this yeah. setting for these kind of games, I find them way more fascinating. This yeah. whole kind of like uh, post-apocalyptic, but also kind of 1950s feel and style to the game. I think that stuff is really cool. Yeah. As I love it with you know some of the films that we'll go on to mention. Yeah, yeah. When- Spoil it then. Just gonna say. Should we just skip to uh, this, uh, feedback? Right. I'm just gonna say. I think we're done. Actually, it makes so. me think of a question. Guys. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. You know, right. um, what movies do people need to watch before playing Fallout Four? That's, That's a good, a really good question. Question mark. Yeah. Oh. What an yeah, excellent that, question. Did you think of that right yeah. Now, just just before you wow. said what okay. you said. <laughs> Well, it obviously, like, as I said, it draws on stuff like, I mean, The Road came out in 2009, Fallout 3 came out in 2008, um, but the book was obviously out a lot, a way before that. And, like, Fallout have always had this kind of, that kind of feeling to it. But if you watch The Road and play Fallout and play Fallout 3, like, there's so many similarities in the way that sort yeah. of the worlds are set. And um, when you see those, like, giant sort of vistas in The Road where, you know, the road just goes nowhere and they have to go different ways, that is straight up out of Fallout. Yeah. And I think, so since then, there's been quite a lot. I mean, obviously, like, Fury Road is getting, like, so many new... Uh, people sort of into the into Mad Max in that genre as well. So a lot of people have said maybe there'll be sort of there hasn't been before, but maybe there'll be sort of like um, cars that you can actually drive. But there is a Mad Max game coming out as well, so I guess mm. they probably don't want to stay away so from the, that. Those that's two true. both have cannibals. In yes, them. that's right. Is this a cannibal universe? We're talking it is, about? Yeah, they, there's a lot of eating people. There's a lot of sort of like monsters and like sort of from yeah. the nuclear kind of fallout, sort of zombies as well. But then there's also some of those people aren't just. They're not just like crazed lunatics who are eating people. There's there's quite a lot of uh, sort of just sub cultures and like communities going on people underground and you know sometimes you actually get a lot out of the zombies and they talk and things like that which is really really good mm. so they're just sort of like monsters and that but one of the things that I, I've put down here is the rover mm. that was one of my favorite films last year and I think Fallout does, what Fallout does really well is you happen across you come in the middle of stories all the time so you happen across these people who are doing something and then you end up getting involved in it and I think the rover was so dark and I think if it can draw on that kind of sort of like really weird things you're happening across and you're never quite sure what's going on and not be as obvious because Fallout 3 all the stories are kind of obvious and they're yeah. a little bit sort of like heavy handed whereas the rover it was always really ambiguous like what the hell was going on yeah I think. And, and in the rover you did show up in the middle of Guy Pearce's story yeah and you only find out what that story is at the end of the movie exactly, but at yeah. the start yeah you're just kind of you literally clashing with him. Yeah. Uh, have you seen that one? I haven't. No. No. It's, a really it's good dark. Movie. It's yeah. grim. It's miserable. I didn't yeah. like it as much as you. Didn't you? Yeah. Didn't you like it? Mm. I, I, I thought I was going to love it. it that's, yeah. I, and I, I came out like, no. Yeah. There's some good scenes in it. Really good. Robert scenes, Pattinson's yeah. really good. He's amazing. He's in it. Yeah. He's, yeah. In he's, he's really one of those things. Where like, was oh, this actually, it came out. It was made a couple of years ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. So quite mm. recently. Yeah. I guess that's like one of the differences that you'd have between these kind of 
movies and and these sort of games is that yeah. a lot of these movies where it's like a post-apocalyptic world yeah they'll kind of emphasize the solitude and the loneliness yeah you can't really do that with games because you need to have a world do you need to have some kind of interaction exactly yeah, yeah mm-hmm. you can't really emphasize that with them but then you do kind, you do kind of have that in Fallout 3 sometimes I mean I've had it like really late at night where you happen across like a supermarket and you think right okay well I need loads of stuff yeah but I don't want to go in the supermarket by myself at night. And then you go in and you go, yeah, I've made the completely wrong decision. I shouldn't, yeah, I yeah. shouldn't have done that. Um, so that, that, that does kind of happen. Yeah. But then I guess you'll have your dog with you. But it's funny, like the best scene in I Am Legend is probably, or the best scenes are the first half hour when he's yeah. on his own. Like that stuff is so amazing really good, to yeah. watch. And I guess mm-hmm. 28 Days Later it does a similar thing. But and Wally and as Wally. well. <laughs> uh, but I Am Legend, I guess, is the closest to this. And that's... Yeah that's quite interesting to watch and I would imagine it'd be quite interesting to experience as well definitely yeah um, of course there's been a few adaptations of I'm Legend yeah. there's the Vincent Price one there's the Will Smith one there's which united down the Omega Man with yeah. Charlton Heston like, the that's greatest just, yeah. it's just a, have you seen the Omega Man I, I was the one that put it on the list oh, oh, right. Right. Yeah, 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 I, was, I, <laughs> I stuck really it in there yeah. right at the end yeah yeah but it's before like 19... 19- 99 so have you seen it <laughs> are you sure you're not thinking about the Simpsons episode oh that's the one yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole Mega Man why do you like a Mega Man then? I loved it I, I, I saw it as a kid and it was one of the first kind of post-apocalyptic movies that I had mm, seen before yeah. and it's always kind of like a cool idea as a kid if you're like in a store or something and you're like oh imagine if I was the only one in here like all the things yeah. I could do that's basically <laughs> at least at the start what the premise is he's in like a huge city and he like yeah. goes to the car dealership and just yeah. takes out whatever car I want and I was like this is so cool yeah. and then also you meet some of the the people afflicted by the the was it it was a nuclear fallout wasn't it yeah something like that I don't the, think they ever really explain it to be honest I think it's or maybe they do in that one it's just I've read the book and I've seen all the movie versions yeah. and everyone yeah. does it slightly different or yeah. leave it a little bit of ambiguity I guess it's not the most important detail no kind of just as long as you know the where the world is now that's mm. the most important one but I loved it I thought it was really cool I was young when I saw it so I kind of had like a fascination over it yeah and um I liked I Am Legend but I don't know I guess I prefer the I like the man. first bit of Iron I like the first it, maybe like 25 minutes it was to like yeah. a CGI fest yeah oh absolutely and the CGI is terrible yeah, as well it's, it? like, it's really amazing bad. such a big movie it was yeah. hugely successful was it but yeah it didn't it didn't it didn't work that CGI at all oh. uh, so what are the other films that you guys were suggesting then that people should well I put Snowpiercer down as well mm. I did put Days of Future Past but then I changed my mind about that but I didn't take it off because some <laughs> of that does happen in a sort of post yeah. sort of apocalyptic it's kind of like but it almost, it's almost building to it where it's like the exactly, nuclear scares yeah. and the threats and things like that in yeah. around the 1950s 1960s mm. so I can see how that would tie in but yeah maybe not but as I've, much as I've put ones. Snowpiercer because I think that is you know right at the end of the world and I just love the way that that, rep- that sort of portrays community at the, at the end of the world and how sort of people forced with having to recreate community and what they actually do with it and mm-hmm. Fallout does that really really well where they just go okay everything's gone to shit how do we rebuild it or we rebuild it in a really really bad way but I think this Fallout from what we've seen from the trailer it's going to be a little bit later on I think and maybe things are well some people have said actually it's like really early and you get you get to witness the apocalypse but I don't think that's right what I think is it's way way further down the line so we're going to come into it when a bit maybe a bit more like the world of Borderlands where people have started like sort of thriving yeah, and flourishing sort of thing that's what I think it's going to be yeah and I think it'd be really interesting to see if there's anything sort of similar to Snowpiercer and like the really horrible stuff that goes on there but yeah. Snowpiercer the film that no one in the UK can legally watch <laughs> yeah I know it's weird isn't it <laughs> unless you imported Blu-ray I guess yeah it's why? really strange uh, it, it, it never got released here yeah it's, been, it's it been quite a strange situation it, um, yeah. it's the Weinsteins own it and it got a lot of hype around it when, mm-hmm. it, when it screened at, at festivals and um, 
they put the price so high that no one in the UK <laughs> wanted to pay that much for it. I mean, Chris Evans is in it, Tilda yeah. Swinton, there's some well-known people in it. Yeah. But equally, like, it's quite a cult niche film. Like, it's a tough sell. It's, it's yeah. great, but it's not the most obviously marketable movie. Yeah. And then it got on, it went on Netflix in the States, and yeah. I think a lot of people in the UK watched it via that, that they were, that they would bank on to see it in the cinema. Yeah. And so I think fear kind of Envelope them and envelope the UK distributors, and no one's yeah. picked it up. And it's kind of sad because it's really good. Yeah, really, it's a really, really good movie. I think I told you like a funny story as well. I was in a charity shop in West Norwood and saw a Spanish version of the DVD. I don't know if it's still there, but if it is, you can go and have a look at it in a charity shop in yeah. West Norwood. So if you want that, you should have bought it. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't. <laughs> it can't have been that much. It was well, like, like fifty p. Yeah, I'd already see. I'm going to go check back and check if it's still there because I bet it still is because this is only a couple of months ago. So if but. you do buy it. And mark it up by a pound and I'll buy it off you. All right, sweet. I want my copy of... Was it DVD, though? <laughs> it was a DVD, yeah, unfortunately. I it blue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> any, other, any other films that no, you think that, I that... think I think that's about right. I think if they can sort of draw on, draw on like, you know, the community stuff and the smaller stories, yeah. I think it's going you know, to be it's gonna be a huge game anyway. But I think, you know, they've, they've got a really good... With these new next-gen consoles, they've got a really good opportunity to focus on, to really focus, like, the storyline and really focus, like, your character and things like that. Absolutely. I think, and know. I guess one of the most exciting details about it is that they're actually looking at a 2015 release date. Which really? is yeah, which is so refreshing because mm. so many times you'll hear information about a game and they're like coming in, you know, a year or something yeah. like that. And um, yeah, they said uh, that they're going to try and have it. Their aim is to have it out now. I don't know if they will actually get it out in time, yeah, but we'll allegedly see. it'll be out by 2015. We'll which see. Be really cool. We'll see if that happens. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, exciting news in the world of Fallout. But yep. before we get to our Trevoro interview, yep. uh, let's talk about the news of the week. So, Gav, you got the first piece. Got some really good stuff that's been going on first. Now, this is my favorite thing. So, Godzilla is now a citizen of Japan. It's amazing. So, he's been named a citizen of the province of Tokyo Shinjuku. Um, How did in, he in beat Japan. me to it? I don't know. He's yeah. destroyed half of it for his I services. Didn't do that. Yeah, let's have a look. So, for those who. Do, um, Godzilla citizen, um, citizenship certificate listing his vitals, drawing visitors from around the globe. That's why he's been named a citizen because of his. It's given as a special reason for giving him citizenship. So they've actually given him a little citizen sort of little certificate as well. I just really like the fact that they've made a fictional character sure. a citizen. Well, you can uh, request it, copies of it as well. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. I don't know if that means he's allowed to do all the naughty stuff that he gets up to now and like no I, one can stop him or does that mean that he can, they can actually arrest him now? <laughs> yeah. So we're, spl- we're splitting this into rum stuff and bum stuff. Yeah. This is rum. This, this is, is rum. good. Yeah. Uh, I disagree. This is bad. Why? What? Because this reminds me of when celebrities get given... Uh, Honorary degrees at universities. Right. <laughs> when like I Kanye spent West three years working my ass off getting my degree, and then friggin' yeah, Kanye West can just show up because he's famous and he gets a degree. People have to work for citizenship of Japan, but they've just given it to Godzilla. Godzilla, he can, get, he can he legally does, get married now. He does not exist, <laughs> as far as we know. I'm imagining you in the audience huffing while Godzilla goes up and gets his diploma, yeah. <laughs> and then waddles out to the ocean wearing his little graduate hat on. <laughs> well, this is a, see, this is the thing that we haven't thought about is. By giving him citizenship, are Japan going, yeah, he totally exists, by the way. I know, yeah. you, I know you think he's just in films, but he's actually real. So maybe it's it slipped like up. They're firing a warning shot to the rest <laughs> yeah. of the world. 
<laughs> Don't mess with us. He's real. Yeah, well, that's my bit of rum okay, stuff anyway, yeah. Um, Quite short. Actually, I don't know why this is my bit of rum stuff, but really? I saw it on the list and I put my name next to it. Okay. I guess I vaguely know the director, so I there can give go. some context. Okay. But yeah. James Wan, director of Saw, of Insidious, of The Conjuring, and of Fast 7, or Fast yeah. and Furious 7, as it's called in the UK, yeah. which is... I think the third most successful film of all time right now. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, it, it was in like 10 million of, of number three. It's Very overtaking cool. Avengers. Nice. I know. How Insane. That's cool. Um, he, uh, the first Avengers or the second one? The first one. The first one. It's, it's Fast and Furious 7 is better than the first Avengers. Mm. I generally think that. I'd put them on literally exactly the same. Really? Like, yeah. Mm, interesting level that's good anyway James is getting kind of his dream he okay. is going to direct Aquaman okay which will be the DC movie after Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice I think right. unless Wonder Woman is in there I get confused yeah um, but yeah the character who Jason Momoa is playing Game yeah. of Thrones fans will know him and fans of the rubbish Conan movie yeah um, he's going to show up in Batman v Superman but then get his own standalone movie right in which he's got to unite the seven seas mm-hmm He's uh, the reluctant ruler of the underwater kingdom of Atlantis, who's caught between land dwellers that are always polluting the globe and his own people who are ready to invade the surface. I love the Aquaman character, but yeah. I still am not on board with Momoa playing him, like, at all. If you're going to pick someone from Game of Thrones, I would have had, um, what's his name, uh, Jamie Lannister play him. Like, he's, oh uh, he'd, my be, God, he'd be yeah. a much better Aquaman. And I just, I just don't get why Jason Momoa gets any well, part. Well, this is mm. one thing that I kind of What see is it about him that people like? With James Wan directing it, his back catalogue is a lot of horror and dark stuff. Mm-hmm. And judging by the, the costume design that was revealed, I kind of wonder if this is going to play along as one of these kind of gritty films. Especially mm. he's gonna be, if he's going to be in a Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, which looks incredibly dark. Yeah, that's his introduction, so. and they're playing along in I this universe. I don't think I want to see a film in Atlantis being well, gritty. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I absolutely don't. Kind of Aquaman, he's kind of the colourful... Oh, he's like the aerial of the superhero world. No, but like New 52 Aquaman is brilliant, and he's like a, he's a badass, he's quite funny. Yeah. I just... I, there's nothing about Jason Momoa that makes me excited about, he, about anything, yeah. He is quite funny. Is he? Yep. In real life, or yeah, okay. Met him at a party. Yeah, it was this weird Conan Scrapping launch. Jokes. It was this weird Conan launch that they did, where they invited me to a bar to meet him in okay. London. So I went and met him, and he was not what I was expecting. I'd only ever seen him yeah. in um, Game of Thrones. Yeah. So obviously that's not is a he, good guide. Like, no, is yeah. He massive. Yeah. As as we seems. tweeted a picture. Um, well, maybe we'll put it oh in the story God, of please. me with him. And yeah. The, or it was in the story maybe at the time on the on the. Um, podcast story yeah and the first comment was uh, why is Chris standing in a ditch <laughs> it looks so ridiculous he's massive, when you say yeah. next to him. he's massive but mm. yeah he's actually very funny and smart I quite liked him okay I just I haven't seen him in anything other than Game of Thrones so yeah. I can't really no, judge him either. I didn't see that Conan I haven't seen yeah I've, I've only ever seen him in Game of Thrones I think so you're entirely judging him based on that you seem yeah. to have decided that he can't do any of these things I just I just don't I just didn't find him engaging to watch or anything like that and like when I look at images of him I just think why is that good why is he a good person you'll like the picture the, where I look like a door <laughs> maybe but, I'll change my mind but in uh, maybe interestingly um yeah. I've met James Wan a few times and we've mm. talked about what he wants to do. Yeah. Horror is not where his heart is. His dream is to be making superhero movies. He right. told me this like five years ago when Insidious 1 came out and we were in yeah. New York. Not only that, is the shadow is the character that he loves the really? most. His dream is to make a shadow movie. Yeah. So I just feel like I'm like getting a bit chuffed in because this gets him one step closer yeah. to well, making F- a movie of the shadow. one step closer. Yeah, that's no, essentially yeah. like as close as you can they get. Are, yeah. It's a stepping yeah. stone. It's a stepping yeah. stone. Exactly. And that's how I see it. Because yeah. I don't know how much your heart can be in a 
Fast and Furious movie. You lots can watch, you know, lots of dollars. It's about family, actually. I think yeah. fine. Familiar. But, um, you're going to get paid well. You're going to, you know, it's it's good for the CV. Yeah. I, I'm quite surprised you're doing Conjuring Two first. Yeah. But, um, yeah. We will see. He uh, can bash those out in his sleep, though, can't he? Really, like Conjurings and Saws and stuff like that. You feel that. like he can at this point. He's yeah. such a pro. Yeah. Although, what I didn't realise until covering this story uh, today was that it's the the Enfield experiment. Okay. Has it got anything to do with the Enfield haunting? That really? Obviously we had a, we had a TV show. I wonder if it is uh, recently. Well, this, I don't know of an Enfield in America. Yeah, America's pretty big though, dude. <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> but to have like a that's maybe something to do with the name. We will see. Yeah. So that yeah, James Wan is doing Aquaman uh when we do not know. Excellent. Um so sh- Jurassic World, I guess. Yeah. Blooming Dan seen it. We haven't. That's yeah. annoying. Yeah, it's annoying. And uh, we will have seen it by next week by next week's podcast though, so maybe we can do a Jurassic World ma- extravaganza. We've got a lot to talk about next week though. Yeah. Okay. There's something else going on that we okay. have to talk about. But um, Dan also sat down with the film's writer-director, Colin Trevorrow, so let's hear what he had to say about the movie. Hello, welcome to IGN. I'm Daniel. I'm joined by Colin Trevorrow, um, director of Safety Not Guaranteed, and this little movie. It's a little film. little film we did. Jurassic done. World. Um, so I was really worried about this interview because I've interviewed people before when I haven't quite liked the movie and I've kind of um, weaved my way out of mm-hmm. it. Um, and I'm a huge Jurassic Park fan. If people listen to the podcast or watch IGN, they know like, I'm a huge Jurassic Park fan. Like, I was seven years old when the original movie came out. I watched it on an island, the island of Jersey in the British Channel. And I just like, it is the formative cinema going experience of my life. It's probably why I'm kind of doing this job, which is really weird to be interviewing about this movie. And, you know, lots of people say it of my generation that is their Star Wars, which is hyperbolic because it hasn't had the, maybe the, you know, the lasting cultural impact. But there's something really special about Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Now, you saw it a little bit later in life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can you talk about when you first saw it and what it kind of meant to you, like your first experience of it? Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting. I've I have had uh, many people tell me that it was their Star Wars. And I think regardless of what the actual... You know, resonance is culturally uh, over a long period of time. It's a very personal thing. What that movie was for you that made you maybe not decide you had to be a filmmaker, but that you you wanted to uh, surround yourself with this new mythology that uh, that you know, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas and, and uh, Robert Zemeckis and all these these uh, people who were working during that particular period of time uh, managed to to introduce it that have lasted for so long. And uh, I, you know, Star Wars was my Star Wars. Uh, I'm I'm older than you. I'm 38, and not that much older. But the, you know, five to seven years can make all the difference yeah. when you're talking about which part of the 80s hit you. Oh, where you were in your life. Like, exactly, I was seven years yeah. old. I was really into dinosaurs. You were probably into girls. I wasn't a girl. That's exactly right. I was 16. Uh, I was very much into, uh, you know, women in movies uh, and and food. I'm not sure which that. I know Scorsese always said, like, you know, religion, movies, and and I can't remember. Maybe food was his third thing, or family. Uh, They're they're much the Trinity, much more legit. Minus women, food, and movies. But uh, with all, you know, women, like relationships and respecting women, not, you know, of course. Um, but I, uh, I was, you know, sort of cynical uh, at the time, and and kind of thought I knew uh, how it all worked, and I had everything figured out. And I went to a theater that uh, was near my house. Uh, I grew up in uh, Oakland, California. We have this theater called the Grand Lake, which is most beautiful old movie palace. I feel like there's a lot more of those here, uh, but they they still have, show, you know, 
they're theatrical. They show theater. Uh, whereas in America, we had these you know really amazing movie palaces that have disappeared and have off now. They've either turned into a lot of them are churches, surprisingly, uh, or or malls, and uh, this one still exists, uh, and and I get to go see the movie there in a couple of weeks, and I'm so excited. Uh, and it uh, was showing at midnight the night before. My friend was the guy who served the popcorn uh, at the theater, and he called me up and he said, you know, we're going to watch this new movie tonight at midnight, and so I snuck out of my house because I was grounded. Uh, and that I don't know if that's a British term. Do you get grounded? Yeah, we, you get grounded. Yeah, we've okay. taken a lot from your culture. We okay. now have high school proms. Okay, we didn't have. I'm sorry about that. Uh, so I, I was grounded from seeing movies. That was the only thing that you could really do to punish me because uh, it's what I loved most. And so I snuck out of the house and I did like the cliche of putting the pillows under the the blankets so you saw my body there. And, and I, I, I did have a driver's license. So I got in the car and like put in neutral, rolled it down the hill and... I sat in this theater, and it was the first time that I had seen a movie with with digital sound. And they had, it was this really cavernous space, and there were only two people in the whole theater. And so you know how when you have a lot of bodies in some place, it you know it warms up the sound, it absorbs a lot of it, and uh, so it was empty, and so the sound was just you know shaking the entire building. Uh, and what it did for me at the time was. Uh, was something different than what Star Wars or Back to the Future or Raiders of the Lost Ark had done when I was younger. It it showed me how a movie can take you from from being a uh, cynical 16-year-old or even an adult uh, and turn you back into a child. Uh, and so it, it was actually very informative for what I was trying to do here uh, and what I think we've done pretty well, which is is make something that is, is very respectful uh, of of Jurassic Park and yet is a new movie and feels like an original movie set in that world yeah. uh, and has a lot of very subtle uh, ways of making you feel the way that you did when you watched the first one without repeating the incidents uh, or, or bringing back even all of the characters. Uh, and and that, I wanted to find a way to, to do that in a different way. I feel like, you know, this is a really long answer. That's a good uh, answer. <laughs> I'm just going to keep quiet. Uh, you know, Fan service is something that can immediately uh, become very pandering, uh, yeah. very quickly, and uh, and I didn't even want to consider it fan service because I am a fan. I'm going to naturally do that. Uh, it is it's it's part of of what the mission is, and so to find a way for people like you, who probably went into this, you know, pretty pretty dubious, pretty doubtful yeah. that this was going to work on any level, to be able to uh, to have an experience that that it sounds like you enjoyed in the way that I was hoping you'd enjoy yeah. it, and that it also, I feel like it acknowledges that there's no way you're going to feel the same way about this movie that you did about Jurassic Park. It's just not possible. No, I think it succeeds in the way that, you know, I really like Lost World and Jurassic Park 3 when I saw them, but I feel like they tried to move out and progress the series, and I don't think they ever really understood or really worked out because it was really hard to recapture or work out what the magic of the original was because mm -hmm. it's, it's such a well-balanced and um, tight movie. Like, because is it is it the characters per se? I don't think it really is. I think it's more the dynamics between the characters because they try to like bring back Jeff Goldblum's character and then for the third one, Sam Neill's character. So it doesn't really inhere itself into the characters per se. It's mm -hmm. something about the relationships and what's going on. When you started this project, did you go back to the original and not try to like reverse engineer it, but try to like work out what 
what defines like a Jurassic Park film, really, because I think Lost World and Jurassic Park Three kind of muddle what that is to a, to an extent. Well, I think the Lost World is a different movie because Stephen won't make the same movie twice. Mm. He just is incapable of doing it, and so he wanted to make a different kind of film, and so they made a Lost World movie, you know, and and uh, or a King Kong movie, you know, mm. however, however you want to look at it. Um, what I what I observed um, as a fundamental equation of, of what works uh, in a Jurassic Park movie and why we have an advantage here because we have that equation is you enter uh, a place that uh, that is full of awe and wonder and joy uh, and then that spirit is slowly dismantled over the course of, of you know an hour and a half uh, two hours and uh, Jurassic Park 3 and The Lost World both had a different equation, which is you're going to a place that's horribly dangerous, you're probably going to die, and sure enough, that's what happens. Yeah. So there's not really a surprise in that uh, for the characters. Uh, and and I, I think with this, uh, you know, Stephen's idea uh, to have a fully functional park it made it made it very easy uh, to let our imaginations run wild from there because you have that equation. You get to bring you know, children into this park and see it through their eyes and, and we get to be them. And, and the, the process of, of making sure that the park felt real and tactile, that you could touch it and, and live in it and that the rides uh, reminded us of rides that we go on now and, and that you, you have that sense of like waiting in endless lines and the kids are complaining and mm. it's hot and it's miserable. All of that stuff. Like made, the park attendant just doing this like as a summer job and he's really like right. bored of it. Enjoy the ride. Yeah. 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 <laughs> cool. So that's what Colin Trevorrow had to say about Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't wait to see it. Yeah. Let's go negative. Okay. What's the bum stuff of the week? Well, Rory, do you want to kick us off? Because yeah. you put this in rum stuff. I did. Well, because I didn't know what bum and rum meant. It's not very, <laughs> yeah. not very descriptive. Rum is good. Bum is bad. I think the reader should let us know if this should become a thing that. or not. <laughs> well, Alex rum? has already decided that it 100% is. The readers decide. The listeners decide. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Rum, the drink, right? I guess so. Rum is... Yeah, rum, the drink, is good to drink. So yeah, I know. Rum stuff, good stuff. And bum? Bums can be What's good. wrong with bum? Yeah. Well, if something's nice a bit bum... It doesn't rubbish, say big bum. It, yeah. it doesn't say big rum. A bit bum. bum. Oh right, right. something's rum. a bit bum. All right, okay. we're getting bogged down here. What Absolutely. don't you like this week, buddy? I don't like. Well, it was announced that they are going to be having a remake of Big Trouble in Little China, which is one of my personal favorite films. I love that. Believe film, it or yeah. not, Chris, because it was made before in before you were born. Yeah. It was actually. Yeah, mm, that's mm. weird to me. Um, so I was already a little bit iffy about it because um, I mean we had different experiences with it. I obviously saw it. And it was already kind of a cult thing by the time I had yeah, seen it. Yeah, sure, yeah. And the whole fact that it was a 1985 film kind of played into yeah. how ridiculous it was. And what, even when I started watching it, like the first 20 minutes, I, I questioned, are they? is it supposed to be funny? Or is this mm. an actual serious action film? It's meant to be funny, isn't it? It is. But yeah. it, no, I know what you're saying. The tone is strange. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's almost tongue-in-cheek. Mm. Like Kurt Russell's performance. Yeah. And, Everyone else is quite over the top, and he's kind of being quite slapstick, almost like he's from a nineteen yeah. fifties, absolutely. You know, Lauren Hardy film or something. It almost it knows that it's a B movie. It's yeah. very self aware yeah. in the way that it, it's kind of scripted and informed. Yeah. Um, so I was already a little skeptical because I don't know how something of that same style would work in mm. today's world. And then also they announced that The Rock is going to be playing Jack Burton, which is a bit difficult because the whole point of the character of Jack Burton is that he's 
kind of helpless and useless and he thinks he's a big tough guy. Yeah. The Rock is actually quite a tough <laughs> person. Is he? I think so. What's the fuck? Yeah, I think I, I wouldn't mess with him. Yeah. I think if he punched you, you know you've been punched. Yeah. I like that well, you might you might not because you're dead. I like you're calling him the Rock now because usually you call him Dwayne Johnson, Dwayne Johnson. which I always think I is call a him really Mr. Johnson to which his I really face. always think is a really good indication of how young you are that we still call him the Rock, but you actually know well, him as I, Dwayne I knew, Johnson. I knew him as a wrestler before I knew him as an actor. I'm not. I'm not that young. Yeah. What, how would you feel though? Because I feel like his personality is a bit similar to Kurt Russell's he can do a similar he's not as good no. but yeah. he can do a similar thing that's kind of it's fun to watch him he's kind of winking at the audience while he's doing stuff Yeah. so how would you feel if they put him in like uh, like they did with Chris Evans Captain America in like a smaller body for the film <laughs> Would that, would that, would that him? Shrink him down yeah, appe- and give him Kurt Russell's hair. Yep. Oh, yeah. He, he used to have bad hair. I know he used to have an afro, didn't he? He, he used to have that oh, horrible yeah, hair. Yeah. Yeah. There's, that ama- yeah, there's that amazing what? photo of him wearing a turtleneck and a chain. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, thing. really? Yeah. i got to find that. Would that yeah. make you feel better? Yes, absolutely. Mm. How do you feel I about Big Chum and Little China? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, I really love the original. I used to watch it all the time when I was a kid. Yeah, um, me too. But then I also really love The Rock, and I think like I even like The Rock in like Journey Two, which I re- I, I thought he was really good in there. Everyone but, everyone loves The Rock. Like you just he's just. But great. At, the, at the same time, like why do you need to do this? But in fairness, at least it, I mean it sounds like they're doing something a little bit different if they're casting The Rock, maybe. But see, see I I like the film because I grew up with it. Yeah. I equally don't think it's a very good film. Yeah. And I always think if you're going to remake a movie, either take a bad one and, and, and okay. make it better, which I think there's room for improvement here. But equally, yeah. for me, I'd much rather see a sequel with Kurt yeah. Russell in. Oh, my God. I'd, I'd Man, actually, yeah. I think that would be really fun to watch. Yeah. Whereas this, why not? I don't know why they need to remake it or or, ma- or make a spin-off. Yeah. You know, make the Rock is 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 Jack Burton's yeah. nephew or something and he's going <laughs> back to look, China look, like, yeah. like Yeah. Like, you could do that though. Like I, 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 I think a, a direct remake with him being Jack Burton. Yeah. I don't think works for anyone. I think the I think what it is is similar to the way that when video game when when really rubbish video game movies get made. Yeah. The way that they get made is there's a script for a film and They've got some. Maybe they've got someone attached, and maybe they haven't. But there's a script for a film that's taken place somewhere, and, they and they, but it's slug. because it's completely original. They're just thinking, okay, this is going to be a really hard sell. Let's get, let's buy a license or something already. Attach that to it. Yeah. So it's a famous one is the House of the Dead film. So the House of the Dead, the video game, all takes place within a house, but. They, the House of Dead movie takes place on a tropical island because obviously that script existed and mm. they've just gone right what's for sale oh House of the Dead it's a video game alright chuck them together yeah. and that's what happens with video games anyway. so I think maybe something with this there's you know there was an original script a- for something and they've gone right this is going to be a hard sell what can we stick it on the end of oh China bam yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, it's it's weird to me because people forget this was a massive flop at the time. Really, this pretty yeah. much destroyed John Carpenter's career. Right, it was a very unhappy shoot. I don't think yeah. he was happy with the way the film came out. He had an idea for a sequel that never he never got to do because yeah. it was a disaster. It found an audience on on video because yeah. it was a great film for teenagers to watch. Right, but well, he said so, it was is largely down to marketing that. The, the companies in charge just did not know how to sell it. Sure, right. Because I guess at the time, you know, when it was being released, maybe yeah. the voice, the message was a bit unclear. Even yeah. now, we're yeah, going to yeah, discuss yeah, yeah. what, what genre it's, it's, exactly. it's, it's yeah. a bunch of different genres. Um, so it's funny. I guess it, it is a really good title for a film. Yeah. yeah. And maybe that's it. <laughs> like, I always got yeah. annoyed with Battleship, you know? Yeah. Why were they so desperate to make a spin off of the Battleship game? Yeah. You could give that, that film any title, yeah. or you don't need. Yeah. Uh, when are we going to see Chess the movie? <laughs> 
That'd be quite Can you interesting. Make a, I, I, that might happen. Pawns yeah. and knights. Monopoly's been developed. Yeah. What? Yeah. Was that Wolf of Wall Street? Is that what that was? <laughs> Ridley Scott was developing Monopoly. Oh my god, that's insane. Um, Gav, is there any film news that's made you feel a bit on edge? Yeah. Um, so this is not. This happened last week, but um, we didn't talk about it. Is the Carrie Fukunaga, the True Detective guy, mm. is not doing the It remake anymore? Mm. Um, apparently, he what, he had a certain vision for the movie, which was going to be in two parts, which I thought was an odd sell anyway. It's a bad start but, already, isn't it? he wanted a certain amount of money for it and mm-hmm. apparently there wasn't that amount of money for it so he's just walked away from it um, which is just really upsetting because I think it, like True Detective the first series is so weird and it's mm. so odd and it's got such an amazing sort of atmosphere that like it really does feel like it like sticks to you when you're watching it and I think he could have been really good at could doing it worked nice yeah and he's been franchise. developing it for more than a year a long that's time that's a lot yeah. of work to put into something yeah and, uh, it's and just, horrible when these things happen <clears throat> these kind of creative differences when yeah. you feel like it was a good fit yeah as that's a fan. the thing yeah like Edgar Wright with Ant-Man yeah that was yeah exactly yeah exactly the same, yeah. Exactly the same. And, yeah I'm a big It fan like of the book and I really like the sort of like the TV movie as well but it just yeah just read that's what you mean it just felt right the two of them together oh God, who had they cast as Pennywise oh what's his name that British dude from it's uh, Will Santa Rambo. oh Will. yeah Will yeah uh, I can't remember his surname was, though. Uh, yeah. he's got a good face though you he's can got really a really see good it, like, Pennywise style face yeah like, oh, um, but Polter Will Polter that's yeah. it yeah. 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 nice <laughs> I'm glad you did I thought we lost you for the rest of the podcast there I would have been done but that's I mean they still cast him presumably it's interesting casting yeah. I mean, tough, big, round shoes Huge, to fill. Yeah. I mean, they're massive. He's a clown. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the one of the great maybe mm. screen villain performances. Yeah, I, see, I don't think the TV movie is particularly good. I mm. just think he is particularly good. Yeah, and, it, yeah. and it kind of overshadows the whole thing. And it makes Definitely, you maybe yeah. think of it more fondly than actually the rest of it's kind of a bit duff. I don't yeah. think I think of it as fondly. I just think of it, I just remember like being absolutely terrified of it and just like watching it, but not wanting to watch it at the same time. Yeah. Are um, you guys afraid of clowns? Not, r- not really. Sense? I mean, I'm afraid of that clown. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm afraid of scary clowns. <laughs> yeah, of course. I think yeah. that's kind of the thing. I think that I'm just afraid of scary things in general. So if, yeah. it's just, if it happens to be a scary clown, then yeah, I'd probably be afraid of it. Yeah, I'm but the same. I don't really... I quite like the, the polter thing. If you look at, it, look at images of him, he has got that giant sort of mouth. And I think, yeah, I, I could still... I mean, he's still on board, I guess. Yeah, I guess he, maybe he's not walking away. But We'll see. So mm. uh, any ideas who you'd like to see replace Fukunagua? That's a good question, but... I don't know, really. Like a good horror director? I think uh, a good suggestion mm. would be the girl who did The Babadook. That's Ooh, a really good one, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, I feel like she's not a horror person, and I right. think she said she doesn't want to do more horror films. Like okay. That was a one-off, and she saw it more as an indie drama. Yeah. But the tone she nailed in that would yeah. work for it, it wouldn't would it? Perfect. Yeah, definitely. Really freaky. Also, like the way that the kids sort of interact and stuff in um, It Follows, that would be quite a good one as well. It Follows. There's been a few this year. Spring yeah. is another one where yeah. like, I feel like all these guys coming through and girls could yeah. do, uh, could make interesting horror films definitely, if they choose yeah. to stay in that genre. Mm. So that's bad news. Yep. Um, I don't know if my news is bad or good because it's kind of funny and yeah. I'm really happy about all this. But obviously, we <laughs> talked about it last week. Yeah. I'm a football dude. Yeah. And the stuff with FIFA has made me so happy. Yeah. All the arrests, corruption, fraud, <laughs> racketeering, bribery, money laundering. It's just a beautiful Amazing, story yeah. that's going to run and run and we're going to see horrible fat cats go to prison. Also, the stuff I think the stuff that we're going to find out is going to be really dark. Yeah. Like, it's going to be like U-Tree style dark where things are going to start unraveling 
unraveling and the amount of things that we're going to find out is going to be really nasty. Yeah, because I said to someone the other day, Pete Donaldson, mm. our colleague from Football Ramble, who's yeah. guest on here, I was saying, oh, well, it's fun because at least no one's died. And he's like, well, how many people have died in Qatar? It's like yeah. up to a thousand now building the stadium. Yeah. yeah, and that's just going to go on. I wonder mm. if anyone's been murdered. Definitely. Of course they are. Think so? Yeah. And it's, it's it's very much like the wire. Like yeah. it was a wiretap that got it, and it's, yeah. they say follow the money. This is so. Anyway, that's not what I'm here to talk about. I'm so here. To this talk, that'll be a really good TV be, show. Yeah. David Simon should get on that. I'm here to talk about United Passions. Yeah. It's already been done, Gav. Mm-hmm. Uh, a movie called United Passions was made a year ago. Yeah. Um, and it screened in Cannes last year and I remember it vaguely but I didn't really think much. I thought it just sounded ridiculous I yeah. thought whatever this is dumb this week I've rethought it yeah. um, I sent off to France to buy a copy of it where it went straight to DVD yeah it stars Gerard Depardieu as Jules Rimet who okay. gave his name to the original World Cup trophy um, it stars Sam Neill as Raoul Havelange okay. who's probably the kind of the, the most the, the, probably the FIFA man that's taken the most bribes before Blatter okay uh, and then Tim Roth has set Blatter yeah that's weird in itself it three is, great actors it is weird but Tim I've watched like the, just the trailer and Tim Roth he seems like he's sort of nailed it he does although part of me feels like he's just I don't know if he's being arrogant or just right. acting like he just doesn't want to be there right because the film is about FIFA it tells the history of FIFA <laughs> and it's been funded by FIFA <laughs> Is it good? It cost it? twenty million pounds. This film, FIFA oh paid God. seventeen million pounds of it. Jesus, and I watched it. That's it so is, good. I tell you what, it's got a good energy about it. <laughs> Aside from that, it's it's so bad. It's yeah. good. It's come all the way round. Yeah. Um, well, you give me twenty million dollars, I'm gonna have a good energy. It's it's a piece of propaganda, yeah. no doubt. Um, it it's a fairy tale. Yeah. But it has some marvel. No, I was laughing. Yeah. A lot. Like, I mean, I don't think on many, purpose or no? Okay, right, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I was. Go- I, I pulled. I'm doing a feature on it, so I've yeah. been pulling out all my favourite bits. So let me. The English now, FIFA and England do not get along with each other. No, not. We've at all. been the ones that have been on their case from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, the English don't come out of this very well. Okay. Over and over again, we pop up saying dumb things, kicking off with an English aristocrat um, telling Jules Rimet's daughter, "Young lady, the natives of Africa are stupid." Undisciplined. It's just in their nature. How could they possibly be expected to appreciate the subtleties of a game invented by whites? Oh my oh god. Uh, that's not the only time the English are racist in the film. Um, this guy with the monocle says, what, what would foreigners understand about our beautiful game? That's a cartoon English one, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, like, and he's got the moustache that's going to be twelve in a minute. Jesus. Uh, so the Brits aren't very good in it. Yeah. Um, Sepp's introduction he's introduced Havelange uh, uh, says uh, this is Sepp Blatter he's good at finding money <laughs> nice Havelange um, has a speech which blew my mind where he's his kids are playing Sabutio yeah. and he stands up and says um, Muhammad Ali Jesse Owens not to mention Pele these people have done more for the black cause than any politician the World Cups we organise do more for world peace than any UN resolution <laughs> And then he compares himself to God. Wow, Excellent. That's just the next um, step, of course. Really oh good God. stuff. Uh, Seth Blatter says that FIFA should be concentrating on women's teams during the film. Okay. That's Seth Blatter who said, in real life, let's get women to play different and more feminine garb and, than the men in tighter shorts, for example. Aww. So the proto-feminist there. Yeah. That's good. And yeah, it ends. It ends. Oh, yeah. And he does, he does a speech to FIFA. Probably my favourite scene in the film, where he, he lays down the law. Okay. He says, from now on, we will be exemplary in all respects. Right. The slightest breach of ethics will be severely punished. 
we will play by my rules now. <laughs> and that's like his big moment in the movie. Yeah. Oh and then it, it ends with um, him awarding, um, kind of, it's like a slow motion scene of him walking in the room and then him awarding God. South Africa the uh, World Cup finals in 2010, which was yeah. his dream. His big thing was wanting to get it to South Africa. Yeah. The big celebratory triumph at the end. And of course, today it's just come out in the news that that was all because of a massive bribe to all the FIFA. <laughs> Like to literally today as we're recording this news. Oh my god! So it's just it's an incredible film. Unfortunately, you won't get to see it unless you download it illegally or right. buy it from France. But I'll have a feature on the site okay. going through it. So that's my good and bad this week. Well, that sounds really good. So we do so some, bad. It's good. Shall we do some feedback then? What have we got? Uh, so we have no feedback this week. <laughs> <laughs> really? No, I haven't got any. <laughs> I don't know any. I didn't know I was organising feedback. I actually didn't know I was hosting it this week. Oh shit! Okay, let's talk about uh, competition wins instead. Then <laughs> you were joking. Um, all right, yeah, let's talk about competition winners. So we've got last week we put out a destiny competition winner, which we came up with the competition mechanic at the second that Alex was saying it on the podcast. So we got some winners then. The ghost edition winner is Kyle Chester Marsden. The limited edition winners on Xbox One are Rick Dardwell and Tom Davis. And the PS4 winners are Paul Burke and Nadine Mason Bertrand. Well done Woo! to you guys. Those prizes will be on their way. And good at reading have names. we got an event happening this? We have. The last bit of business uh, today. So there's a opportunity for you lot to get hands-on with Assassin's Creed Syndicate. So IGN and Ubisoft have teamed up to do this Assassin's Creed Syndicate, the tour, between June 16th and the 18th. And it's an event in London. Um, you'll need a Uplay account to get tickets. But if you head on over to www.assassinscreed.com forward slash the tour, uh, you can get on board there and play the game. Because we'll be playing at E3, but I'm guessing... You won't be played. You won't be at E3. So, I won't. No. Well, I'm no. not looking at you. I was looking at them down the microphone. Oh, down the microphone. Yeah. You're the looking at my eyes. Oh, yeah, at the camera. Yeah, at the camera. Yeah. Because we're, we're filming this, so yeah. <laughs> you'll be in E3. I will be at E3. Yeah. So, but I've I've still got one more podcast before we go to E3. So, and then we'll come back and tell you everything amazing that happened there. I'm so excited. Yeah. Should Can't be wait. good. Awesome. Awesome. So, how can people get in touch with us? Should we choose to do feedback next week? IGN. <laughs> <laughs> uh, underscore UK feedback at IGN.com I got it well we'll have a full sack next week then yeah if we, re- if we remember to you do it you know what it. the the Duck Hunt meet up in London the, the pub quiz oh yeah one of the questions on the quiz was what's the the IGN UK feedback what address and they called me out <laughs> from the crowd and they were like Rory what is it and I got it wrong did oh, you no. everyone blasted me oh you so dick hard. I said I said uh, IGN uh, underscore feedback and I, I didn't do the UK ah uh, yeah gotta remember the UK Absolutely. dude yeah gotta remember the UK I feel like yeah, now we confuse people shame. that are making a note of it now by yeah. saying it in different no, ways IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com it's that easy it awesome. just rolls off the tongue it's easy yeah. well as ever thanks for listening yeah. uh, yep. thanks for watching and tune in next week for more of this chatter bollocks yep
In a world saturated with glossy facades comes a podcast that's breaking barriers. This is Reppin. It's where we do a deep dive into subjects like belonging, to mental health, to courage, and more. On Reppin, you'll meet the faces you think you know and discover their untold stories. It's real. It's intimate. And it gives you insight into the real person behind the images. In a world of pretense, Reppin strips it all down. No filters, no facades. Learn and be empowered and find inspiration through thought-provoking stories that resonate with your journey. Every episode is an exploration into the truths and values that make us who we are. Representation, it's not just about race or gender. It's about you. Reppin ensures that every voice is heard. Every story is valued. So be seen, be heard, and be represented. Listen to Reppin wherever you get your podcasts.